Good evening, everyone. I'm really glad you're with us. For guests, let me introduce myself. I'm Wayne. I'm one of the pastors here, and um, I'm looking forward to spending some time with you tonight before we uh, step back into, if you will, some further worship. Um, it's, it's been a great afternoon. We've had a number of services already, and being out in the lobby, getting to greet a few people, obviously don't get to say hello to everyone, but on behalf of this congregation, can I say I'm really glad you're with us tonight. Some of you would have come uh, this evening from homes that are decorated or situations where there's decoration, or you're perhaps going to a family house of some sort or a meal yet later on tonight, and you're going to see some decorations, and I trust those decorations are going to make you think and give some thought to what it means to celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ. I, um, I want to tell you about uh, a particular Christmas decoration that I learned about just in recent weeks. It's in, in South Korea. But in order to set the stage for that story, I thought I should, well, what I did was I asked the staff if they could help me find some, well, some, some, some places where the decorations in people's homes were a little bit, a little bit unusual, a little bit different. And so um, they, they came back to me today, just today, at about 12.30 today, they showed me these they'd be collecting over the last week or so. And I thought you'd like to see a few of them of some, well, just take a look at the photos. They'll be self-explanatory, I think. For example, what's with that? I mean, why the fence? <laughs> That's what pops out to me. Is that what? No. I mean, honestly, why the fence? They've got everything guarded by soldiers. <laughs> What's on the roof? I don't know. And another question I have is, what is the melting point of hard plastic? Because <laughs> it's getting really close right there, I think, okay? There's about to be some major fire there. Here's another photo. The house disappeared, but somewhere under there, some people live, under that pile there. Um, and what's with the um, hot air balloon for Christmas? I don't know, all right. Here's another photo. Ah, my style. You know what I, you know what I like about this one? Uh, I like, well, in order to make it look a little more festive, let's leave the lights in the garage on. <laughs> Shine through the windows. <laughs> that'll, that'll really pick it up. That'll pick it up. Here's one. This person didn't get past third grade. <laughs> Which is fair, I guess. Either that or they left the L out. Please. <laughs> Peace, please, whatever you want. Or what about this one? Isn't that clever? That's really clever. Now, <laughs> when they showed me these photos this, morning, this afternoon at 12.30, I said, those are hilarious, but I've got a little concern. Did you take those photos in here in Decatur? And if so, is any one of those people from those homes going to be in our church and we're going to shame them in any way? Please. And if that was your house, shame on you. <laughs> All right, so let me tell you what I learned about... Um, South Korea, a Christmas decoration there. It's in, it's in a city called Gimpo, Gimpo City, which is a great name. It's a Gimpo City. I don't know exactly if I'm saying it correctly. But in Gimpo City, well, here's a map of where Gimpo City is. It's in the northwest portion of South Korea. 
It has a river that runs just north of the city called the, the Han River, the H-A-N River. And the Han River is an actual fact. The, the border, you see the black line there, that runs between North and South Korea. And for a number of years now, more than a decade, the citizens of Gimpo City on, the, on one of the, one of the um, tall hills and, or mountains, if you will, this, in the city, they've put up a very large steel structure that's the shape of a Christmas tree, and they've littered. Here's a photograph of what they've done. And I've, I've, I was trying to think, well, now, what, what's with that? Okay, so they put up this... I mean, there are Christians there in South Korea, lots of them. So, but you want to go, okay, why, why is the city doing that? Why are they putting that on the hill and such a large structure? I mean, you, probably there are lots of people here tonight who would say, well, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ like those South Koreans, but I would... I mean, that's probably one of the reasons you're here. Uh, uh, but I don't see anybody here that I know has a 60-foot tree in the backyard and we're going to light the whole thing. Why, why did the South Koreans do that? What's going on there? Let me, let me see if I could give you some clues. Somebody down here, you got an idea why they did that, do you think? You're just guessing? It's okay, bud. I'm glad you're listening. He put his hand up. I got an idea, all right? Do you have an idea of why? Why did the South Koreans put Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, a familiar passage of scripture to some of us here. Luke is one of the gospels. It's a biography of Jesus. And uh, in Luke chapter 2, we, uh, there are some hints as to what happened in South Korea and what's going on there. And you can follow along on the screen. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This is the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria. So the Romans want to know how many people are there in the empire, and we want to know, we want to know how many there are so that we can tax them. We want to get enough money out of them. And everyone went to their own town to register. They had to go back to their ancestral home. Not the town necessarily where they were born, but the town which is, well, where's your family from? Like if your family is from Czechoslovakia, for example, you would have had to go, uh, under this scenario, you would have had to go back to Czechoslovakia to be counted there and so forth. So that's what's happening. And so Joseph, one of the guys from the, the, who would become the stepfather of Jesus, he was, um, his family was from Bethlehem. So while he lives in Nazareth, he's going to have to go back to Bethlehem. He went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. So the ancestral home for Joseph is in Bethlehem. Here's why. David was probably the most important king in Israel's history, certainly up there in terms of the various kings they've had a thousand years prior to when Jesus was born. And um, David was from Bethlehem. David had been born in Bethlehem, and he'd had a family, a family, family, family. Joseph was, in fact, great, 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 27 generations grandson of David. So after David was born, 27 generations later comes Joseph. Joseph is going to be counted in the census. He has to go back to Bethlehem, where David was from, in order to make that happen. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave her birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. When, when it says a manger, it literally is that. A, a trough that normally animals would eat out of, full of hay, and she puts him in there, okay? So while that's going on, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Do you think? 
If you're out in the dark taking care of sheep and you hear bah, bah, and the next thing you know, you got an angel in front of you, it would kind of be a little bit out of the ordinary, right? And so they're a little bit stunned and they're afraid. And the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I want you to understand that this is, this is about how joy comes to people, all people, you and me. Today in the town of David, Bethlehem, a savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. In other words, you go down to Bethlehem, there are going to be perhaps a number of babies that have been born this time. But look for the one that's wrapped in cloths and is actually laying in a manger. That's, that's the guy you're looking for. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They found the right baby. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Okay, so this is, here in Luke chapter 2, uh, one of the key passages if, in terms of our understanding of what happened as Jesus was born. What caused Jesus to be born and how did this happen? And there are other cases throughout scripture where we have other indications of what happened as Jesus was born. And so we have this and we go, okay, but what about the Koreans? You said, Wayne, there were going to be clues in this passage about why the Koreans put up the big tree. Well, let me see if I can tell you about just a couple of other places where the story of Jesus is told about his birth. For example, in, in the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, another biography of Jesus, there's a case where an angel comes to Joseph, the same guy you read about here, and he says, okay, you're to name this baby when he shows up. You're to name him Jesus, but you need to know he'll also have another name. And he says, the angels will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Do you know what the name Emmanuel means? That word, what does it mean? It means God with us. In other words, Jesus is going to come, he's going to be God in the flesh, and it's going to be God with us. I have an observation about the past year, 2016. If there was ever a year when we needed God with us, isn't it 2016? I don't know about you. I mean, I, th I think about everything that's taken place throughout the past year I, in our own nation. The, the, the presidential election has been... I mean, it's all the rhetoric and the struggle and the name-calling and the language and the rough stuff. Are we, who are we kidding? Regardless of how you, if you're pleased or not pleased, how it all came out, I think all of us would say, can we not do that again? At least not that way? You know what I mean? And we go, oh, man, it's, it's divisive. It's, not, it's problematic. It's not what we want to do. And it's... But on the other hand... As difficult as it was to get where you are to where we are today as a nation, can I point out that that story kind of pales in comparison to where we need God, like in places like God with us, we need God with us in the stories of perhaps Aleppo? Does that sound? I mean, here's the election stuff. Aleppo's there and beyond, right? What about we discovered this week the story of a semi-trailer, semi-truck being hijacked out of Poland, the driver shot, killed, and that 
truck is supposed to bring goods and merchandise to the market is now used as a weapon to plow into people in Germany. Don't you think we need God with us there? Or as difficult as the election might have been, it pales in comparison to the people of Orlando who are in a nightclub called Pulse. 49 people mowed down. I suspect that none of those people had any sense in their head that if they were sitting in a church service like this on December 24, 2015, that their faces would be part of the news stories of this past year, right? I mean, who would have thought that those faces would be on newspapers or on computer screens and we'd all watch them? They made the news. I don't see anybody here that made the news, but you've got a difficult story. I, I almost made the news this past week in a way that I hadn't planned. Um, last Sunday afternoon, Leslie and I were looking at the stuff we had yet to do for Christmas, and it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. We said, we need to run to Coles, pick up a couple things that we still haven't got for Christmas yet, and then we need to go to Sam's. We've got lots of family coming over all week long, lots of meals, so let's buy groceries in bulk. So off we went. So we went to Coles first, and... Um, they love us. They see us coming because we'll go in expecting to buy two or three things. And the next, we didn't even get a, a buggy or anything because we're just going to get a couple things. We can hold them. Well, next thing you got all this stuff in your arms and you're going, we should have got a buggy. You've been there, right? And um, we're walking past this stand and um, this hat was right there. And I said to Les, oh, look at that cap. I'd really like to have that because I got some work to do this week and I'm going to be outside a bit. But I'd like to have this cap. And I put it on my head like this. Had the price tag right there. And she said, oh, that looks good. I said, I'll just carry it right here. <laughs> she said, Wayne, that's not a good idea. Why? You'll forget about it. No, I won't. And besides, it's got the tag right there. They'll see it at the checkout. Well, just as we got to the checkout, my phone rang. And I got all this stuff in my arms, and, she's, and so I kind of pile it on her, and I pick up the phone, and it was literally something going on at the hospital, that, a medical crisis that, if you will, needed my attention uh, as you know, one of the chaplains. And how quickly can you get here? And I said, well, what's the need? And they said, well, can you be here before 10 o'clock tonight? I said, yeah, I'll be there. So in the meanwhile, Leslie's checking everything out. We've walked out in the parking lot. I put my phone here. We drive our way down to, to Coles, to uh, Sam's and get my wallet out. And I show him my card and we go in and we're, we're pushing the buggy through Sam's. They were taste testing as well. That was a good deal. <laughs> and I go like this and I go, oh, did you pay for this cap? And she goes, Wayne, that was your responsibility to take it off. <laughs> the tag was still on it. I was a 2016 male version of Minnie Pearl. <laughs> and I'm a little bit panicked immediately because I can see, I can see the news headlines. Local pastor arrested while preparing Christmas message, shoplifting. I mean, there's where it was going to go. You can see it. So I said, we're going we're, we're to get it. I took it off. I tore off the tag, put it back on like I was always, always planning this. I said, I put the tag in my pocket. We're going to go home. We'll eat dinner. And I'm going straight to Coles on the way to the hospital. But here's what happened. On the way, somewhere along the line, I lost the tag. <laughs> so now I've got a shoplifted cap. I don't know how much it's worth. So this is the honest truth. 
I rolled it up like this as I was going in Kohl's and I shoplifted it back into the store. <laughs> and I went around to the cap section and I found another one like it. And I thought, okay, I can manage this. I'm just gonna go up there and I'll tell the story and they won't know who I am or anything. And I'll just say, hey, I accidentally took this out. I've lost the tag, but I wanna pay for it. You, you, you can imagine it, right? Except, how would it be if you're the pastor of the church and you walk up to the customer service desk and standing right there to serve you is a long-standing member of the church? <laughs> True story. I almost made the news. Shoplifting. But I didn't. I would ask you this. Did you make the news? No, I'm looking around the room and I don't see anybody whose face made the news this past week. But I look around the room and I do know that there's places where Emmanuel is needed. Yes, Emmanuel is needed in Aleppo and Germany and Orlando. And, in and uh, Emmanuel is needed, God with us, in your story, right? Because I look in a crowd this size, there are bound to be stories of family struggles, right? And you're pushing down and say, man, we're just going to put a lid on it till we get past Christmas. At least we'll have a family meal and we'll figure it out later. Or... The creditors are at bay. And you say, man, I'm just going to hold them off. Push them away till we get to January 1. That's your story. may not be a news story, but it is a story where you need Emmanuel. Or maybe it's a case where you say, wow, my career is off the, I mean, it's off the rails badly. And I hope 2017 is better. I've got good news of great joy for you. Good news of great joy is what the angels said that the shepherds, and for all people, Emmanuel has come. Emmanuel is available to us, God with us, God with you and you and you. And you don't have to take on the struggle by yourself anymore. You know why? Because some 2,000 years ago, God from heaven looked earthward and he saw humanity's humanity and he sent Jesus. And in the spaces where your story is full of joy, God shows up. In the spaces of struggle, Jesus shows up. And that's really what the people of Gimpo City are trying to say. You know the South Koreans, because think about where they are. They're right on the border between North and South Korea. They are aware that here in their own city in South Korea with a very strong Christian population, they can throw a light up in the sky and say, we follow Jesus and we're expecting joy to come into our lives, but they're fully aware that just on the other side of the water are people called North Koreans where it is against the law to follow Jesus Christ. You can be executed for being a Christian there. And they want to put that light up so all people that can see it can say, Emmanuel, God with us. And if there was ever a place, not just a year, but a place that needed Emmanuel, it's in North Korea. I like it that it's pretty, frankly, it's a good metaphor for what Christians should be like, right? We should be holding up the light of Christ for others to see and bringing joy to others. I, I want to show you something on the screen, just a moment here, that's, I want to be careful how you see what you're about to see, because it's not to toot our, you know, for me to toot our, the church's horn, if you will, but we've had a relationship with Parsons School across the street for a decade now, 
And uh, we do things to help out the school, and we do tutoring and that sort of stuff over there. And this year, we said we wanted to give a gift to every kid in the school. More than 300 children are in that school. And so we sent home lists with the families and households of our congregation. And we said, can you fill up a, um, a shoebox size present? Put a book in it. Here's some lists of books that you might want to think about. Put, give them a gift, give them something that's instructional, and then we'll add a t-shirt to it that says Parsons and First Christian on it, and we've done it for a number of years, and we wrapped them all here a couple of weeks ago, and this past week we sent them all over there, and then without us asking, the teachers then sent us a video back of the kids unwrapping everything, and I want you to see the joy on these faces. Take a look at this, because these kids are really glad to get all these gifts and as, as you can see there, the video is quite long that they sent us. It's like over five minutes long. So we weren't able to show it all tonight, but you should. Um, <laughs> if you want to go out and see it all, check the, the church's website. And the point in why I wanted to see, you to see that tonight is <laughs> I, I want you to see the joy on those kids' faces and the anticipation, the expectation of, what God's, of what's in those boxes as they unwrap them. And if Christmas joy can be brought to more children's faces like that by the people who follow Jesus Christ, we're doing our job. If, if Christmas joy can be brought to the stories of Aleppo and Germany and Orlando, then we're doing our job. And here's my suggestion for you, friends. This year, I have a goal for you. I have a goal for you in Christmas of 2016. May we be people who are like joy on a hill, lit up for everyone to see. Because here's what the reality is. Jesus' birth declares that God is with us. And to that end, I'd like to pray that God would work through our lives and in our lives, that we would be simply that, a city on a hill, a light that's never covered up, but instead a place where we discover that Emmanuel is God with us, and then we let others see it. So to that end, uh, we're going to do something that maybe you're not familiar with. If you're not from a church situation, you're not a churchgoer, if you will. Uh, some churches, and we're going to do it tonight, have a corporate prayer where everybody prays the same prayer out loud. And it's going to be on the screen. I invite you to pray this with me tonight. Emmanuel, promised son, sent to redeem us one by one. Emmanuel. May we tell the wonders of your matchless love. Emmanuel, we adore you and the wonders of your matchless love. We adore you, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ the Lord. Let me pray for us. God, lots of, there are lots of people here tonight. And uh, some, Lord, come from houses that are decorated with a lot of stuff. Others where to get a tree up was a big deal. Um, and there are lots of stories here, God. I don't know if any of them are as desperate as Aleppo or Germany or Orlando. But each story, God, is one where the joy of the birth of Jesus Christ and Emmanuel, each of those stories needs to know of that reality. I pray for each person here that you would gracefully step into each person's life and bring about a new year and a new possibility of new days in 2017. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Messiah King, the one sent to save us, the one who brings us great joy. Amen.